0: visual illustration that uh, Jeremiah uses concerning his preaching to a stubborn and rebellious nation of Judah. And uh, I think we all know that, uh, well, they say you remember 10% of what you hear, but if you add a visual element to it, you remember 50% of what you hear and see. And so there's, there's, uh, there's some value in object lessons. And uh, Jeremiah uh, used object lessons. At one point, he wore a yoke around his neck and walked through the city to illustrate to them, this is what's getting ready to happen to you. You're, gonna, you're getting ready to come under the yoke of uh, this Babylonian captivity. And, uh, and so he very vividly portrayed what was going to happen to them. Now, he was a prophet to Judah, warning them about disaster that's coming. The Babylonian captivity and, and all the attacks and the, the Judah and the destruction of the city of Jerusalem. He warned them about it. He was called of God as a prophet uh, from birth. Jeremiah was called from the time he was born. Jeremiah chapter 1. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. And ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. So Jeremiah was called of God even before he was was born. Called of God to be a prophet uh, to to Judah. You know, the the wonderful thing about... uh, God's plan is that it doesn't matter how bad it gets, God still speaks. God still speaks. He was speaking to Judah before the captivity, before the destruction. He used Jeremiah to speak to them, and he would use harsh words and then tender words. He would be tough, then tender uh, to them, but he was constantly warning them of what was going to, to happen and then when the destruction came and they went into captivity, uh, Ezekiel was the prophet to the common people that were carried away to Babylon. Daniel was in the palace and he was speaking uh, to all of the, those within the palace. I'm just going through this to remind you, it doesn't matter what setting or what circumstance you find yourself in, God can speak. And God, we need to hear the voice of the Lord. We really need to hear the voice of the Lord right now in our present circumstances in the United States of America. We need the voice of the Lord. We don't just need political back and forth and, and all of this uh, bannering and uh, all that's happening today in the political world. We need a word from the Lord. We need to hear from God. This nation needs to hear from the Lord. Amen. Now, it, it doesn't matter. Every step of the way in your life, you may find yourself in some struggle, some difficult trying time, but that doesn't mean that God can't speak. As a matter of fact, my experience has been that when I've gone through the darkest of times and trials and troubles and sickness, that it's during those times that I could more clearly hear the word of the Lord. Maybe I was just more in tune at that time. Maybe I was desperate to hear from God. I don't know all the circumstances. I just know that it makes no difference what you're dealing with today, what questions are in your mind, what trials you might be up against. God is still speaking. God is speaking today, and he can speak to you in your circumstance that you are in. Let's read here in chapter 18. The word of the Lord, which came to Jeremiah from the, from the Lord, saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause thee to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he wrought a work on the wheel, and the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again, another vessel as seemed good to the potter to make it then the word of the lord came to me saying "O house of israel cannot i do with you as this potter saith the lord behold as the clay is in the potter's hand so are ye in mine hand O house of israel of course he's speaking to israel to judah specifically but uh um, this is also a message that, that is a direct message to, to all of us, every one of us, that we are, we are in his hands. We are clay in the hands of the master who wants to shape us and to make us into what he wants us to be. As I said, this was an object lesson that uh, Jeremiah uh, was, was, uh, was using. The Lord spoke to him to go down to the potter's house. We have a, probably a hard time really relating uh, to that, uh, uh, but in many parts of the world. I was reading uh, Philip Keller. Many of you have probably read Philip Keller's books. He's written about 35 books, um, uh, great books. And uh, Philip Keller was the son of missionaries to Kenya. He was actually born in Kenya in the early 1900s. I think it was 1920 that he was born in Kenya. And he gave his heart to the Lord when he was just a young person. And then he became a missionary himself. But his missionary travels took him uh, to a place in western Pakistan. And there he was assisting some other missionaries in the work uh, there. And uh, they said, we want to take you to, to this potter's shop to see, uh, just to have the experience of going to uh, the potter's shop and seeing this take place. And Keller writes uh, about this and how that he went to this potter's shop and that the walls are lined with all of this beautiful pottery. And uh, he tells the man, the potter, uh, he tells him, I, I want to see what you're doing. I want to I learn how you do this. And so the old man takes him ...to the back of the shop and out the door, out into a little shed in the back and opens up the door. And he said, as soon as the door opened, there was this this odor, terrible, sour odor that was coming out of that shed. The, the, The potter got into the bottom of that shed and there was a big hole. And he began to dig around with his hands in that deep, dark hole in that shed... And then after a while, he came up with a handful of clay. Now, the clay that was made in that shed, it was clay, it was sand, it was mixed with all different types of grains. And then it was put in the shed, and then it would cure, it would age. And in all that process, in the darkness, it became sour and a bitter smell. And that was, that was the clay. Before it was in the potter's hands, it really very vividly uh, describes for us what our life is like before we know the Lord. What it's like before we know Him, our life is dark, it's bitter, it's sour, and to put it in no better way that I know how to put it is this your life stinks if you don't have the Lord. It's no good if you don't have uh, the Lord. So he would pull that clay out of that dark hole and bring it inside and put it on a stone uh, wheel and begin the process of working on uh, the clay. You know, I, I think that uh, we all understand that before we met Jesus, our life was hopeless. Our life was a mess. Our life was dark. It was sour. It was, there was no purpose or meaning uh, to our life. The psalmist said, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. It's a pretty vivid picture there, isn't it, of what Jesus can do with a person's life that may seem like a mess, that mean, may seem like it has no purpose or no meaning. Jesus is what brings purpose and meaning to our life. Amen. And I think all of us, if you've known the Lord or you, you've heard the gospel, you need to be reminded that there's somewhere between 2.5 and 3 billion people in the world, they don't know about Jesus, they don't know about salvation. They don't understand the gospel. They haven't had a clear presentation of the gospel. Almost 3 billion people in the world don't really know that Jesus Christ is the hope of the world. They don't understand that. And you and I, we are so blessed. We are so blessed. And I, I think I have been considering this a lot in the last few weeks since my mother passed away and um, uh, just reflecting upon the fact that I was born in a home where there was, there was prayer. I was born in a home where there was the, the Word of God was important. I was born in a home where the things of God, spiritual things, were important. And I, I, honestly, as a kid, I grew up just thinking that was kind of the normal way, but now I recognize how blessed and how privileged that I am to have known the Lord and to know about the Lord to hear the gospel, and uh, to be able to say Jesus is my Savior, Jesus is my Lord. Because I know that uh, uh, He picked me up out of a horrible pit, and He took me from nothingness to make me something that could could matter for the kingdom of God. Amen. Praise the Lord. A lot of people in the world today, they measure their success by what they can accumulate, or maybe beauty and accomplishments and money and just all the glitter and, and all the things of the world, we know that all of that is pretty much just empty. It doesn't mean anything. It's all fleeting. It's all passing away. And, but the world is building their life, they're, per, they're pursuing all the things of this world, and then they're just coming up empty-handed and dissatisfied and disappointed because the only hope for your life is to find out the purpose of God for your life and to live that out, live according to the plan of God and the purpose of God uh, for your life. So real value and real meaning and real purpose does not come in the things that you possess or in the things that the world has to offer her. But it comes from knowing Jesus, from coming and your life being placed in the hands of the master so that he can shape you into what he wants you to be. Like the song says, all I had to offer him was brokenness and strife, but he made something beautiful of my life. And only he can do that. Only he can do that. You just come and you bring what you are, with all of your failures and weaknesses and your flaws. And, and you, you make yourself available to the Lord. And he puts you on that wheel and begins the work of, of pressing and forming and shaping you into what he wants you to be. Praise God. Amen. And if you're here this morning and you're not a Christian, you don't know the Lord. And you need to let the Lord have his way with you. You need to turn your life to Jesus. Jesus. And let him begin the process of shaping and making you into what he wants you to be. Not what your plans are or your desires are, but what he wants you to be. Amen. Amen. Before I committed myself to the Lord as a teenager, I had all these other ideas and plans. This is what I want to do. This is what my life is going to look like. And I I kind of laid out a few ideas and plans and, and set myself in a particular direction. But I'm so thankful for the day that the Lord arrested me and changed me and said, no, no, no. That's your will. That's your plan. That's your idea. I've got a better plan. You need to do it my way and follow my will. I don't regret the day that I finally said, okay, God, okay, Lord. I'll do it your way. I'll go your will. I'll follow your will. Whatever you want me to do, it wasn't an easy decision. I had to really went against my flesh and my own desires. But now I know what it means that God gives you the desires of your heart. Uh, That just means he takes out and removes all the desires that you had before and gives you a heart full of new desire for the things of God and the plan of God for your life. Praise the Lord. So we are vessels in his hands, in his hands. Amen. For second Timothy chapter two, it says in a great house there, there are not only vessels of gold and of silver and also of wood and of earth, but some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified, sanctified, and meet for the master's use and prepared unto every good work. To everyone, especially to young people today who are making plans for your future. And I know that there's a certain uh, span of years in your life where you're making a lot of critical decisions about your future and you're deciding things and sometimes your decisions are, well, this is what I think I want. This is what I think is important. But you need to stop. Put all that on hold And put yourself in the hands of the Lord. Because he wants to take your life and make it into a vessel prepared by the master's hands. Prepared for his use. Prepared to bring glory and honor to the Lord. That's the most important thing. It's not what you accomplish, but it's what he accomplishes through your life and in your life for the glory of God. So lay aside all of your ideas and your plans and give yourself to the Lord because he wants to create in you and of you a vessel of honor, a vessel that can be used for the glory of God. Amen. Now notice that in, the, in the text that it says that that the potter is working on this clay on the wheel but it becomes marred that uh, the potter would find something in the mix that wasn't going to cooperate as his hands were trying to shape the vessel. You see, the potter had a vision. He, when he started the process, he had a vision, he had a plan. He believed this is what it's going to look like when I get through with this. But as he's working on that, the Bible says it's marred or literally the word means ruined, it's ruined. And there were things in the clay that wouldn't cooperate with the hands of the master. So they had to be removed. They had to be taken out. And the vessel, as it was originally planned to be, uh, couldn't be because it was marred. But does he give up? Oh, no. God doesn't give up. You may make a big mistake. You may fail the Lord. You may have some area of your life where you feel like I've just failed, I could never be used of the Lord. Don't let the devil tell you that. Don't let the enemy lie to you and say uh, that you have no value in the kingdom of God or no purpose in the kingdom of God. God wants to take your life and remove those things, those failures, those, those things in your life that have marred your life, even ruined your life. And he wants to reshape you. And create you and make you into something that's usable for the Lord. Don't give up on the Lord. Certainly, don't give up on yourself because God wants to fashion you into a vessel of honor. That's right. Even after your failures, after your mistakes, all those things, He doesn't give up. It says, So He made it again, another vessel, as seemed good. To the potter to make it he didn't give up he just started all over again and began working and molding and and and, and uh, working with the clay to shape it into something that he could use for the glory of god there was a, a brother in the church i grew up in that uh well i'll just use his nickname he was nicknamed Sonny. he was a he was a leader in the church he was an influencer He was a good man, had a nice family, a lot of things going his way. I remember him as a kid in children's church. He would sit in the front and sing songs with us. He played an accordion. Accordions are a thing of the past, I know. But he played an accordion and sang songs with us in children's church. And I I have such a memory of those times. It made such an impact upon my life. I remember him uh, also, uh, uh, he would play the piano. I thought he was good, but now I realize that he was just, he just had three or four chords and he knew how to play. But he would play those chords in church and he would sing uh, some songs and those songs uh, were, were so uh, impactful. One of the songs that he sang was, wasted years, wasted years, oh how foolish, As you walk on in darkness and fear, turn around, turn around. God is calling. He's calling you from a life of wasted years. Now, Later on, when I became a teenager, that man got tripped up and his home was broken apart. And uh, it, it really influenced a lot of people. A lot of people were really, really impacted by the fact that he walked away from the church and and quit serving the Lord. And years later, when I was a pastor, I went to see him. Now he's a really old man. I went to see him. I tried to talk to him about the Lord. Tried to talk to him. He was very kind uh, to me, but there was just this blank expression on his face. And a lot of years have went by. And I remembered the song, "Wasted Years, Wasted Years." A lot of years had went by, and a lot of waste. Because, yeah, he messed up. Yes, he failed the Lord. Sure, his family broke up, but God hadn't given up on him. He could give back to the Lord. He could be restored. The Lord would put him right back up on that uh, wheel and reshape him and make him. And as far as I know, that never happened. And it's a, it's a sad, sad thing to me that someone that had such a potential for God just kind of Uh, walked away from that and never allowed the Lord to rebuild them and to reshape them into a vessel of honor the key is in that song turn around turn around turn around God is calling he's calling you from a life of wasted years that means from this day forward starting now now you can live in the past and you can worry about your failures and look to the past and think well what's you know, that's, uh, that's going to drag me down. I could never be anything for, for God. But that you don't understand that you're in the hands of the potter. You're in his hands. And he wants to put you back on the wheel. And reshape you. And create you. And use you for his glory. As a vessel of honor. Only Jesus can do that. But he can do it. He can do it. When he says, return to me. That phrase... Turn and return. If you're doing a Bible study, if you've got a good Bible program on your on your computer or on your phone, just search turn or return. You'll find that's a that's a a theme throughout the scripture. Again and again and again and again, God is saying, Turn, turn, turn back to me, return to me. Listen to my voice. And I believe that if you'll turn back to the Lord, God can do some. Pretty amazing things, if your life, Amen. See the Potter, the Potter has the plan, he has the vision for the vessel, and uh, he doesn't stop until it's finished. He will, if you will allow him to work in your life, he'll make something valuable, precious. He'll make something beautiful out of your life uh, and make you into a vessel of honor, someone that can be used for the Lord. So he made it again, another vessel as seemed good to the potter to make it. Praise God. Amen. Have you ever messed up? Well, I have. Have you ever really failed the Lord? I have. Have you ever needed the Lord to work on you? Oh, I have. And he has always been faithful. He's always been faithful. He's always ministered to me. He's always helped me. He's always forgiven me. He's always brought me back and, and worked on me and changed me into what He wanted me to be. Praise God. The potter. A great example of this, is, of course, is David, who is a, a man after God's own heart, but a man who had all kinds of failure in his life. He failed the Lord miserably. Terrible things that he did and failed the Lord. He could have said, what's the use? but he understood that he was clay in the master's hand he understood that god had a calling and a purpose for him so he runs back to the lord david is a man after god's heart because he is a man who knows how to repent and knows how to return to the lord to get back up on that wheel he understands that psalm 51 he says purge me with hyssop and i shall be clean wash me Uphold me with thy free spirit. David would just say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I have failed, I have failed. And he said, Lord, I'm yours. You shape me, you, you change me, you work in me, you restore me. You created me a clean heart. You restore the joy of my salvation. You uphold me, Lord, with your free, with my free spirit. Lord, you do the work in me. He was simply saying, I'm, I'm going to put myself back on the wheel. And let the master work on me. Amen. Let him change me. Let him work in our lives. Oh, he's got a plan for your life. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. A lady by the name of Esther Pollard desired to be a missionary in Africa. This is also in the early 1900s. She had a plan to go to the mission field. She actually went to Africa, but then the World War I broke out and she had to leave her mission post. She was there for just that short little span of time Then went back to Scotland and then eventually back to the United States. It was there that she was grieving over the fact that Her life calling and life ambition was ruined. And she wasn't going to be able to be the missionary that God had called her to be. So she goes to a prayer meeting one day. And in the prayer meeting, she overhears an elderly lady in the the prayer meeting who is praying a prayer. And here is her prayer. Her prayer was, it really doesn't matter what you do with us, Lord. Just have your way with our lives. Mrs. Pollard heard that prayer. She went home and she wrote a hymn. The hymn says, Have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. Thou art the potter. I am the clay. Mold me and make me after thy will. While I am waiting, yield it and stilled. That lady was used of the Lord to write hundreds of hymns that have blessed the church. She could have never dreamed that. She could never imagine that. Her heart was to do a mission work in Africa, but God just said, No, I'm going to put you on the wheel and I'm going to shape you and make you into something that I've envisioned for you. I want to use you to bless the church, to bless the body of Christ. Your plans may be thwarted. But God says, I've got a a better plan for you. I can shape you and make you into something. And so she said, Lord, have your way. Have your way. You're the potter. I'm the clay. Mold me. Make me according to your will, after your will. Amen. One of her first hymns of many hundreds of hymns that she wrote, used of God mightily to bless the church And even today, blessing the church with her hymns even after she's been gone a lot of years. God knows the future and he has a plan and I want you to know that his plan for you is a lot better than your plan for yourself. Put yourself into the hands of the Lord. Put yourself into the hands of the master potter who wants to put you on the wheel and work on you and shape you and create you into something that can be used for the kingdom of God's sake. Amen. And God wants to use you. There may be some of you here today that you you feel like, nah, I can't be used to the Lord. You're wrong. You're wrong. Others of you may be disappointed. Things haven't worked out the way that you wanted them to in your life. I want you to know God's not finished with you. God still has a plan and a way that he wants to work on your life. Just yield to him. He's the potter. You're the clay. Let him work on you. Let him create something wonderful and beautiful out of your life. Useful for the kingdom of God. He can do that. He can do that if you'll put yourself into his hands today. Praise God. Oh, house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter? Can I not? And so there was was hope that was given to them. I can shape you. I can create you. I can make you into something that I can use. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Lord. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this wonderful account in the book and life of Jeremiah. And I know, Lord, that you're working on our lives. And help us, Lord, to yield to that, to cast aside all of our own plans and ambitions, what we think is important and to put our lives completely in the hands of the Lord. Lord, you do with me what you want to do. It's not my future. It's not my plans. It's not my desires, but Lord, you do in me how you choose and how you desire to work in me. Praise God. Lord, I just pray for those in this service today that Lord, They they just needed a reminder today that you care about them and you are able to help them in the midst of their struggle. And I believe, God, that you can give strength and encouragement today. Lord, you're not finished with us. You've got a plan and help us to do your will. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Can we stand everybody across this building?